Got a plethora of football news to share at the top, including one starter choosing not to return next season and one starter coming back. Plus, on the basketball court, well, another blowout loss for the Tigers. What would it take to save Conzo Martin's job at this point? All this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. And yes, some big news on the gridiron here to start the show. Yes, I'm not going to force you to talk about or listen to, I should say, about Missouri basketball just yet. We'll have to have that discussion later on in the program. So let's start with the gridiron. Unfortunately, the Missouri tight end room, which was looking a bit thin, just got a little bit thinner because tight end Nico Hay, who started most games last season for Missouri, well, he's no longer on the team's roster. Apparently, he is medically retiring for whatever reason. So not only is Daniel Parker Jr., in the transfer portal, supposedly he's going to Oklahoma. I haven't actually seen that be official yet, by the way, but for, for all, all indications are he's going to Oklahoma. Nico Hay now medically retiring. Who's going to play tight end next year? Could it be Ryan Horstcamp? Could it be somebody from the transfer portal not yet on the roster? Well, we'll just have to see. But also, in other news, Case Cook, Missouri right guard who struggled with a shoulder injury last season, but obviously a really, really good player. He could have taken an extra season in 2022, but he's opted to not do so. So obviously big news there. It sounded all along like Cook was probably not going to return. This was probably it for him, considering he was dealing with a pretty serious shoulder injury there. Maybe that factored into his thinking. But either way, Case Cook was a heck of a Tiger, and certainly we wish him best, or I certainly wish him the best in in whatever he goes through in the rest of his young life. And, well, speaking of guys... We were on the team last year taking an extra season. Turns out Barrett Bannister is going to take one more season in Columbia, so he'll be on the roster next season for 2022. And those of you who are Columbia people like myself, you may remember the name Nathaniel Pete. He's a Rockbridge High School player, but I believe a teammate of current Tiger Martez Manuel. Well, he led the Pac-12 in kick return yardage Excuse me, last season at Stanford. Well, he's hitting the transfer portal, and Missouri's definitely one team he's hearing from. So Nathaniel Pete could be a guy... Could be suiting up in black and gold. You never know. Definitely a name to keep an eye on. And by the way, in bigger, sort of broader college football news that didn't really get as much play as I thought it would, it sounds like we're going to be sticking with a four-team playoff at least for the next, oh, say, four seasons or so. Because for all intents and purposes, the college football playoff is a television contract with ESPN, right? So at a certain point, if we're going to in that contract a little bit early, there's a lot to be worked out. And all of these commissioners of these major Power Five conferences 
have to come to some kind of agreement that they all find is not only beneficial to their conferences, but also ESPN's got to find a reason to early terminate what's a very profitable relationship for them. Well, so far, not so good, because last June, obviously, it was sort of assumed that, oh, okay, we're going to have this 12-team playoff. Expansion seems inevitable, and that really was the talk. I sort of went with that myself on this show and sort of discussed the ramifications of a possible 12-team playoff quite a bit, but it sounds like we might have possibly put the cart before the horse here, because essentially... The Big 12 commissioner, well, he came to the he, – Bob Bowlesby, he said, well, screw you guys, I'm going home to steal an Eric Cartman line. He basically literally packed up his stuff and left the meeting, saying that they were that far apart on the whole thing. And from the SEC's perspective, from Greg Sankey's perspective, he's like, well, hey, guess what? We crush all you fools in the four-team playoff, so whatever. I'll see you later, too. And the Big Ten is, well, they've got their own wishes as well, and they really seem to be stuck on automatic qualifiers for conference champions in the Power Five, which to me is kind of a weird flex, as the kids like to say, because if you're in the Big Ten or any of these Power Five conferences, how often is your conference champion going to be left out of the top 12? I mean, really, if you're not confident enough to get in the top 12, then perhaps you aren't a Power Five conference anymore. So again, weird flex, Big Ten, but okay, I I guess that's your perspective. Now the Pac-12, on the other hand, their sticking point seems to be revenue distribution, and of course we don't even know what the revenue is yet. We haven't come to an agreement of any sort, even the beginnings of an agreement, clearly. Plus, naturally, you know, as usual, the Rose Bowl is a big sticking point. The Pac-12 saying, hey, we want a double Rose Bowl. At least the commissioner is saying this. He's talking about double Rose Bowl on the year where the Rose Bowl happens to fall on a semifinal game. Well, then they'd have one Rose Bowl, the real Rose Bowl, if you will, on January 1st, then a week later, the semifinal game. A lot of people aren't big fans of that, but this is something that the Pac-12 is into. Now, the ACC, on the other hand, they're just kind of like, hey, man, I don't know about this or that. They seem to be questioning everything, so I don't know what their angle is. The point is we've got five people who have never played a down of college football, as, as far as I can tell. I'm not even sure if these people are fans of the sport, but by golly, it's all up to them, and they're determined to try to make this as, as least fun as possible, it seems like. Double Rose Bowl. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Hey, you know what? Why don't we just make Thanksgiving? You know how everybody likes Thanksgiving? Well, guess what? We're just going to make it a week long now. Wouldn't that be awesome if we just expanded Thanksgiving? Let's expand everything in our lives. Let's make nothing special and just make it all longer and more tedious and boring. That sounds wonderful, doesn't it? I'm just astonished how over and over again there's nobody in the room raising their hands and saying, hey, are our fans going to actually like this? I'm not saying we're – here. by the way, here's a tip. All you people on the internet with your commentary who may agree with me, stop saying that this is killing the sport. Say, say maybe, well, is this helping grow the sport or is this helping to lessen the sport? Stop saying kill because college football is not going to die anytime soon. But is this creating more fans, or is this turning some people off? That should be the angle, really. But again, I'm constantly amazed 
Nobody in this sport raises their hands and says, wait, do our fans actually want this, or are we just all obsessed with sort of dividing up the current pie of money? Now, don't get me wrong. If I could get my hands on some of that pie, I'd probably want some too. That's human nature. But again, you're getting really close to actually killing the golden goose a little bit and making what was once a really special sport just a little bit less special over time. And I'm sorry, look at the fans at Faro, look at the stands at Faro Field. Look at the stands all across the country. It's not growing, it's shrinking. So we might want to hit the brakes a little bit and actually figure out what the fans want from this sport. But I tell you what I absolutely know I want as a fan, and that's better basketball out of the Missouri Tigers, and we sure as heck didn't get it last night. What can actually save Conzo Martin's job at this point? That seems to be what everybody's talking about. Well, let's talk about it in the next segment. But first, I do want to tell you about our title sponsor, and that is NetSuite. So this is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? Well, to see the whole picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system for powering your growth. And guess what? The best thing about this is it's everything all in one place, your financials, your inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and so much more. And over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at NetSuite dot com slash locked head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses that's netsuite.com slash locked well obviously we're heading into the first week of the nfl playoffs and you know during this time of year you hear the phrase mathematically eliminated a lot like for instance the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? They they won their last game, but they've been practically, if not mathematically, eliminated from the playoffs since about, oh, week four or so. And some would say the same thing about Conzo Martin. He may not be mathematically fired, but what's the realistic path to him returning this season? Now, what do I mean by that, mathematically fired? Well, obviously, if Missouri won the rest of its games and won the SEC and the national championship, then clearly Conzo Martin would come back. That is not mathematically impossible. But practically speaking, we know that's not happening, right? We've seen enough 20-plus point blowouts on the road at this point. In fact, I believe six times Missouri has been blown out by 20 or more on the road this season, or just in general, I think. I believe there was a home game that was one of those six, I should add. So realistically, what would it take? Because... Missouri's not an NCAA tournament team either. I don't think that's any way realistic whatsoever either. I think we know if Missouri somehow made the tournament, yes, Conzo Martin would come back. Well, that ain't happening either. Let's be really super brutally honest about it. The reality is Missouri has a losing record right now. They are 7-8 and eight overall. So even if it went 500 the rest of the season in conference play, you're still looking at a losing record on the season. And a 500 record for this team right now seems basically impossible. So if you're going to go 
into this season, losing record, you basically have no real hope outside of Trevin Brazil, who again looks really, really talented. He's not a star yet by any stretch of the imagination, but perhaps in a year or two he could become one. But who else on this roster are you just is saying, oh, well, this guy, he's a definite player for the future. As much as I tried to talk up Caleb Brown's solid game against Alabama, he looked not ready against Arkansas. Let's be brutally honest. Anton Brookshire, I've talked him up at times too. Well, he hasn't looked ready at all this season. Yaya Keita, Sean Duru Gordon, the same thing. They can barely even get on the court. So again, these are the players that if you're Conzo Martin, if you're trying to make a case that he should return, where's your hope outside of Brazil, who I really, really like? And, well, you know what? I like Aiden Shaw and Christian Jones, the two high school players that Conzo supposedly has coming in next season. I like their games as well, but, again, I just don't think that's enough. I just don't see the realistic path to Missouri saying, heck, oh, yeah, we should definitely bring back Conzo Martin next year and actually feel good about it. Now, the reality is, of course, it's going to cost $6 million. Well, really, $9 million, probably, if you include his assistant coaches as well. It's going to cost nearly $10 million to get out of this. Is that something that Missouri can do right now? Now, on one hand, you just got a $5.2 million commitment from the Witten family, and they, to the point that was such a big donation, they actually named the head coaching position after these people. Now, we've really reached the point of absurdity now, truly, in terms of sponsorship. No offense to the Witten family, but that, that's pretty bizarre, right? Absurd. Uh, totally absurd. But anyway, regardless... Here's a, little, here's a little lesson in money for you, by the way. A lot of people were probably quick to point out that, well, hey, that $5.2 million, that could be a lot of, there could be strings attached to that. They may even be fans of Conzo Martin. Who the heck knows? But even if that money is not directly used to, say, buy out Conzo Martin, well, since money is fungible, since money can be used on anything, you can't just mark Six million, five point two million dollars, and say, well, it has to be used for this because, in reality, what you've done is you've freed up five point two million dollars somewhere else. Like you can say, okay, well, here's some money for groceries to your struggling college kid or whatever that freshman. Hey, here's forty dollars for groceries. But if they buy groceries that they would have bought anyway, and they now bought some beer, well, did you buy them groceries or did you buy them beer? Well, the reality is you kind of bought them both, right? Because money is fungible. You can use it on whatever you want. But anyway, got a little bit deep in the weeds there. The point is, Conzo Martin, I don't know how simple it is. It, it, from a basketball standpoint, I just don't see any way that you bring him back next year. But from a financial standpoint, from a $9 million standpoint, I don't. I, I just frankly don't know how much this athletic department can take. I don't know who, who the rich guys are out there and maybe willing to write that check. Are they out there? I have absolutely no idea. So that's just something we're going to have to see. But guess what? If it were up to me and this, this trajectory stays on track and Missouri wins four or five games in the SEC this season, something like that, I would hit the reset button on the program. I hate to say it. You know what, I actually want to get back on to the bigger picture of college football here in a minute just by asking a simple question here. I'll, I'll tease this. If college football were a stock, 
would you buy it or would you sell it? In other words, do you think college football is going to get bigger here? Is it going to grow or is it going to shrink? Those are your two options. So let's talk about that in the next segment. But first, I want to tell you about Get Upside. Hey, Mizzou fans, I got some upside for you. An incredible app that everybody who, who fills up at the gas station needs to know about, and that's Get Upside. You see, my listeners are making up to $0.25 cents per gallon every time they fill up. All you have to do is just download the free Get Upside app on your smart device and use the promo code COLLEGE, and guess what? You'll not only get $0.25, cents, you'll get an additional $0.25 cents on your first fill-up. That's right, up to $0.50 cents cash back on your next tank of gas when you use the Get Upside app on your smart device and use the promo code SCORE. Once again, just download the free Get Upside app. Use the promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon in cash back on your first tank. And our friends at Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the NFL playoffs and beyond. And boy, I'm sure some Mizzou fans were probably tempted to bet on the Tigers yesterday. I really, really hope you didn't do so. That was a tough spot for the Tigers. Not only have they been a horrendous road team, but yeah, you had to you had to feel like that was probably a letdown game for the Tigers and also kind of a kitchen sink must win type game for the Razorbacks. But hopefully you stayed away. Hopefully you've still got some money in your account. But if not, maybe you haven't started. Well, guess what? New year, a new updated desktop and mobile website over at Bet Online. Just sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. So don't forget to use that promo code LOCKED ON for a 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, again, let, let's not get hyperbolic here. Obviously, college football is doing pretty darn well by a lot of metrics. I mean, I'm sure the college football championship game, probably 30 million people, 25 million people, something like that, it's going to come out, watch that game. I have no doubt about it. But simply put, if you had to bet in 20 years, if you had to buy stock in college football in 10 to 20 years, do you think this stock is going to go up or do you think it's going to go down a little bit? Because obviously college football is going to be around. I'm going to be around. I'll still be watching it almost certainly. No doubt about that. That's a pretty safe bet. But as far as will the sport grow, I'm, I'm now starting to wonder a little bit. And here's why. I keep harping on this, but let's really... Let's really boil it down because I, I keep focusing on the fans and how nobody's concerned about the fans. Well, it's not so much about the current fans like me. It's tough to lose me, the real diehards, no doubt about that. But what we have to remember is there's also you have to replace the next generation. Eventually, I'm going to die, and so is everybody else, right? Sorry to be a downer, but it's going to happen, people. But most of us fell in love with Mizzou sports as children, or at the very least in college, in, in our younger days, in our early 20s, late teenage years. And there's something about college football, college basketball in particular, so much of the appeal of those sports, in my opinion, is about nostalgia and, and feeling young again. And that's really, and of course, Major League Baseball, you could say the same thing. I'm sure 
lots of people love going to the ballpark because in a weird way it sort of reminds them of the old days and when they were a kid and when they were younger and when they could play baseball and all that stuff and simpler times, whatever. I, I think that's a huge part of it. And guess what? You're starting to lose some of that just a little bit because if guys are just going to be transferring all the time, I mean, hey, on an individual level, guys have always transferred, right? There are great Missouri players, memorable players who transferred in, like Paul O'Linney of the basketball team, for instance. No problem, right? But as a bigger sort of trend, if if half the guys practically are going to transfer out of your program every year, I just wonder how you build up that fan equity. Because just as an example, well, I went to that Alabama basketball game with my dad, and well, frankly, we could have skipped that game rather easily. The Chiefs were playing. Three guys were reportedly out with COVID. Of course, it ended up being just two guys. But you know what? It was nice to see Javon Pickett and Kobe Brown get a victory be rewarded for their all their hard work for the last few years. And they've built up a lot of fan equity with me and my dad. These, guys, these are guys that we kind of feel like we know a little bit, even though, we, of course, we don't know them really at all. All I'm saying is it's hard to build that fan equity when everybody's leaving all the time. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I have a perfect solution to this, but emotional connection is, to me, paramount in college sports fandom, even more so than at the pro level. And most importantly, it's just, once again, it's hard to build that new, young fan demographic without that emotional connection. Because I think back to my days as a kid, when I first became a fan of Missouri, guess what? I'm always going to have that emotional connection to guys like Doug Smith and Anthony Peeler, Melvin Booker, anybody, frankly, who played during that era, I would be thrilled to meet because again those guys are sort of always going to be heroes to me it takes me back to again my childhood nostalgia all that kind of stuff and even to my college days Brad Smith will always be a special guy to me because we're essentially the same age we came onto campus the same semester and he was just a magical magical athlete for me in that he sort of made it seem like anything was possible at a program that was mostly moribund for my entire life. So Brad Smith, again, just a emo strong emotional connection from college, something that was built and something that's going to last a long time. But unfortunately, I think that gets lessened a lot with sort of the transfer portal era. The more if this if this trend remains, I just don't think that's a strong trend for the sport. And again, think about it. This it doesn't have to be logical. It doesn't have to be fair. It doesn't have to be anything. But think about your mentality as a kid when you first fell in love with sports. Again, I'm a Kansas City fan, as you can see if you're watching. I've got a Kansas City hat on right now. Well, I was a Royals fan and a Chiefs fan growing up, and I loved me some Bo Jackson, right? Well, it was a little bit confusing to me that Bo Jackson played for the Royals, but he also played for the hated Los Angeles Raiders. That didn't make any sense to me. That was hard for me to compute as a kid. But, of course, I eventually understood. But, again, you're much more of a sort of one-way thinker when you're a kid. It's either it's, it's the us-against-the-world mentality, and that's what sports breeds, and that's what you kind of want from sports. And, again, if everybody's transferring around all the time, 
again, you're sort of you, now you're just becoming a bastardized version of college sports of, of pro sports, excuse me. And college sports can't just be lesser pro sports. It has to actually be different. Otherwise, people are just going to over time, they're going to naturally just sort of go more to the pro side than the college side. So somebody's got to think about that or the sport is not going to continue to grow. But with all that being said, I'm going to get out of here on this Thursday and maybe enjoy some of this unseasonably warm January weather. I got to be honest with you. That's my advice, but I also have a piece of advice for the rest of you. Check out Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling, your betting experts. They'll get you some winners. So make them your second listen, and thanks for making me your first listen every day. Of course, all of the Locked on Podcast Network is free and available on all platforms. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.